Welcome to Between the Headphones, a Georgia sports podcast. I'm Owen Warden, the sports editor at the Red and Black, and your host for this podcast series. Each week, I'll talk to Red and Black sports reporters to get the pulse of UGA athletics straight from the source. This week, we'll have a special episode of recapping the football season from a writer's point of view, as I'll be joined by several football beat writers from last season. For this episode, I'll be joined by Red and Black assistant sports editor Bo Underwood, as well as podcast editor and former sports editor John James, at the same time. Both of you, welcome to the podcast. Very excited to try this new form out, a first for Between the Headphones. Yeah, thank you for having us, Owen. It's going to be a great time. Absolutely. Um, So as I kind of said in that intro at the top, this is going to be a little bit different. Um, usually, obviously, we're recapping the teams. We're talking through, you know, what they're up to, and we kind of will a little bit. But this time, we're gonna have it a little bit more centered on us, kind of like what you know, Stu and and John, uh, you guys did a year ago. Uh, I figured a little post mortem is in order on talking about how things went and everyone's experience. John, you're a multi-time football beat reporter. Uh, Bo, this was your first time ever covering football. So, Bo, I'll start with you. You, you got you got started pretty quickly. Week two, you're already in the booth covering Ball State. What was that moment like to be in Sanford covering that football game? It was really awesome. I grew up a Georgia fan. My whole family is all Georgia people. That's kind of been all I've really known. So it was it was a surreal moment to like be out there in the press box and you know doing something that I've dreamt of doing for a long time. So it was really cool. Uh, I had to get up really early for a 12 o'clock game, but yeah, it, it was great. Yeah, you, oddly enough, I think you're one of the few people that actually covered a 12 o'clock I game did. this season. I, yeah, I did. I did one noon game and then two night games. So yeah. it was. I had a weird schedule. And we'll talk more about the night games because, John, again, you never got a chance to cover a night game, especially considering the fact that, you know, there was none in Sanford last season. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of ignore that for a little bit. This was the first year that, you know, you were kind of heading the ship a little bit, you know, serving as a as sports editor as well as a football beat writer, which was very different from how the semester started a year ago for you. Took until t- Kentucky for you to get to actually out there and, and, and covering games. What was that like four game stretch like for you of kind of having to sit in the background and, and take care of things from there? Definitely different than last season. Last season, I was kind of all over the place, handling a number of responsibilities. This year was a little calmer. Let me supervise, make sure everything is flowing all right, and I didn't have to have my boots on the ground all the time like I did last year. So it was calmer from one perspective, but also made me a little antsy because I'm, I'm a bit of a micromanager. I, I, I would have liked to have a, a more essential role as a reporter rather than just supervising. Yeah, of course. I mean, I can't blame you on that one. Uh, being <laughs> being at the games is a lot more fun than, than anything like that, and I... I had the pleasure of being there for the first game, which was shockingly a night game, even though like it was still part of the year where like it was still daytime at six. So it's like it didn't feel like a night game until the fourth quarter, which was really weird. Um, I don't really know how that kind of showed up from the at home experience, but it, it was definitely weird because until the fourth quarter got underway, it was just like a regular noon game. But Bo, I'll pivot back to you on kind of the going from a fan experience, you know, being in the stands, you know, from when you were a kid to eventually being in the student section as a student here to suddenly being in the press box now as a junior, you know, what was that moment like from having to kind of go from the fan experience to the the journalistic and having to have journalistic integrity experience? It was very different. 
the first game, I, I went to UT Martin in person just as a fan and sat in the student section, and I kind of realized that I didn't really like it. Um, I couldn't see anything, and I was just, I had, I was up in, like, the 300s, and I, I could barely see, and all I could think about was, like, man, next week I'm in the press box, and I'll be able to actually see things. So, yeah, I, I thought it was cool. The press box was great. You get free food. Uh, <laughs> you get a really good view of the game. Um, I thought it was really cool. I felt like I had kind of, you know, out, not outgrown the fan experience. I'll never outgrow the fan experience, but I, I did feel like it was time for me to experience like the, the, the press box. Yeah, I'm really grateful that I got that opportunity. Got a taste of the sweet life, and he couldn't go back. Yeah, you got That's a taste true. of those those halftime been, hot dogs. I'm spoiled, man. There's there's like AC up there. They have heaters when it gets cold. Like I I can never go back. You know, it it is difficult to go back. Like I like I remember like going to games like my sophomore year and stuff like that. And by the time I got to my junior year, I was like, I don't really want to yeah. be here anymore. Because like the end of my sophomore year, I covered G Day, and then at the end of G- my junior year, I covered G Day again. So it's like. Not being in the press box is kind of a weird feeling. Like I, I like being in the student section or being in the stands like doesn't hit yeah. the same way when you're like, I would just rather be there. But John, obviously you've been in the press box for two years, a lot more than we have. So I mean like think back to when you were a sophomore possibly going to these games. Like what was that experience like? And now that you've been doing it for two years, do you think you could go back to being a fan? It's different, definitely. Uh I I've never felt like in the press box, I feel the most myself of anywhere on earth. Like, oh, I agree. That's where I feel free. That's where I'm in the zone. But as a fan, you're it's it's a, it's also kind of freeing in a way, just because you're there to enjoy yourself. You're there just as as a person who has a hobby who really likes sports. And when you're in the press box, you're still kind of still that person, but you have less responsibilities as a fan. You're able to get more involved in the game. You can scream. You can cheer. You can have a cold one if you want to, if you're of age, obviously. But, yeah. Well, John, you eventually got to have a cold one in the press box, but it wasn't at Sanford, so we'll talk about that <laughs> later. Instead, and before we get all the way to that, both of you actually got an opportunity to cover a game together, um, which was not an experience that I got to share with either one of you, which totally doesn't make me jealous. Both of you covered Kentucky, um, which was not, which was the second SEC game, but it was kind of the first big one. It was another night game. Walk me through that experience as well as covering a game together. Yeah, so that was the first conference game that I ever got to do. I had done Ball State and UAB before that. Kentucky was a different beast. The The stands started to fill in way earlier than I had observed them filling in for the first two games I did. And, like, that atmosphere, I mean, I've, I've experienced it before, but to experience it as a member of the media w- was really special. Um you know, going into that game, there were a lot of questions like, oh, is, is, is Georgia, because I, I guess they hadn't won games by as many points as fans wanted them to win or something. I still don't really understand what that whole thing was at the beginning of the season, but everyone thought that Georgia was bad or something, and then, not bad, but everyone thought that they were not actually as good as their record indicated, and then they just smacked Kentucky. It it was really, to to watch from an objective point of view, I was like, wow. I mean, this this is not a game that I expected, or I think really many people in there did expect. So, it it was really cool to to be there. Yeah, I don't want to be disingenuous here. The reason people were looking at that game was because Georgia had been down ten to or eleven to South Carolina yeah. two weeks earlier, 
They were ten, down, 10 to Auburn. They were yeah. down 10 to Auburn. They needed second-half comebacks to win both of those games. So, I mean, there were reasons to have concerns about Georgia. It was their first-ranked opponent. It was a big game, obviously. People wanted to see what Georgia was made of, and they answered those questions uh, in pretty convincing fashion. So it was like the first time this year because they had a kind of a cakewalk schedule up to that point, honestly. People weren't expecting Auburn to be a game. People weren't expecting South Carolina to be a game. And Kentucky had just thrashed Florida the week earlier, so we thought this is the real deal. We weren't expecting them to crumble down the stretch like they did. So it was the first game where we were like, oh, this is the real Georgia team that we've, we've seen in previous years. They've got a chance to do something this year again. And ultimately they did. They finished 5th, 6th in the, in the college football playoff poll. So it, it, would, it was a sign that it, they were going to be close, just not close enough. Yeah, but also, I mean, that was both of your first night games, I believe. Well, sorry, Bo's second, John's first ever. But, Bo, I'm sure the environment there was a lot different from the UAB. Bo, for you, what was the kind of contrast between those night games as well as just getting to experience them from a journalistic perspective? And then, John, experiencing your first night game um, in Sanford? Because I believe the Missouri game you covered from a year ago ended up kind of bleeding into that night game status what was it like in Sanford for you and Bo what was the first night game for you like when you uh was facing UAB and how did that compare to, to Kentucky yeah the, the first one I I don't think the atmosphere really felt too different across the two games surprisingly I guess I guess it will I guess Kentucky was more intense like a fan like I said earlier like fans were showing up earlier but you know they they were just as loud for UAB as they were for Kentucky. I mean, because, you know, those, those fans show up for every game. It was really cool. I hadn't been to a night game as a student, I think, since, like, well, freshman year because we didn't have any last year. Um, so, you know, seeing the red lights and all the, the, the foam lights in the stands, that was all really cool. Um, yeah. I, the, honestly, like, I don't – the atmosphere didn't really feel too different, all things considered, mostly because I think probably just because the games both went the same way they were just blowouts but um yeah I mean that I'll, I'll never forget you know that 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 first night game when when the lights went out and everyone started cheering it, it was really cool yeah the ambiance was definitely like the major takeaway from those games it's just it's just something you can't really replicate at, at, at a day game just because when you're looking up at the lights this black sky uh set against the bright lights of Stanford Stadium it's just really something special to behold. Yeah, definitely. It was cool. I mean, the UT Martin was cool because it was suddenly a night game out of nowhere, and then the way those lights just kind of came down, it was it was a really cool environment to see, and one that like I hadn't even seen in person. So getting to see it at all was really cool. But unlike, unlike I guess you for you, Bo, like the UT Martin night game experience versus like the Ole Miss night game experience for me was like night and day. Um, apologies for the pun but maybe because Ole Miss was such a bigger game and UT Martin was kind of over by the time that the night game really got started like it was crazy like Ole Miss really did feel like oh my gosh this is insane especially because it had that kind of windy colder like rainy feel that Tennessee had a year ago so so those games are always intense so it is interesting to see that like UAB and Kentucky kind of had that same energy but like Mm -hmm. But old, but like uh, it was, experience. it was just earlier in the year too. Yeah, I mean and that Ole happens. Miss, Ole Miss was a top ten team that was supposed to compete in that game. They obviously didn't, but you know that 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 was a lot more intense. Oh yeah, 
Now, a team that Georgia did play against that did compete was Missouri. And, John, um, to kind of expose you a little bit here, you grew up a Missouri fan. Um, something that I don't think – Bo, obviously, covering his favorite team when he was a kid, these, he just kind of did that naturally. You never had to see them lose in person. John, you had to see your favorite team when you were a kid lose in person and not, and not only that, cover the team they were playing. What was that experience like for you? When you're in the press box, you're not really rooting for a team. When I'm in the press box, what I'm rooting for is just a good game. I want to be entertained. I want to have something that excites me, that reminds me why I love football. And I got that. I mean, that was that was a really fun game. We weren't expecting Brady Cook to come out like he did. Georgia answered every question they asked. Nazir Stackhouse, 36 yards? What, what was, how long was that interception? I think, I think what, 36 or something like yeah, that? I, I mean, that was, was beautiful. It was, awesome. it was a great game full of big moments. We wanted to see how Luther Burden would do. We wanted to see how Kamari Lasseter would do guarding him. I mean, there were a lot of things that we were really, really interested to see going into that game, and it delivered in every aspect. Yeah, I mean, you covered both Missouri games, both last year and this year, both close games. I mean... How was that experience covering a covering like that team twice in a row? Because I mean, normal beat reporters do this all the time. You know, <laughs> you, you talk to the, a lot of the other guys that have been on this beat for a while. Obviously, they've been doing this plenty. But from a student's experience, from someone that you know was leaving the Georgia beat after this year, what was it like to cover Missouri in Missouri, but then cover Missouri in Sanford as well? So, yeah, the biggest part was just like the difference in the crowd when in the Missouri game two years ago. You could feel it the entire time, like the rumble of the stadium, all the fans watching, thinking, oh, can they do this? Can they take down the reigning national champions? Is this an upset? Are we watching an upset live? And obviously they weren't. But in in Sanford, it was a little more like the fans were kind of scared a little bit. They They were trying to throw Missouri off, and it worked at certain points, and it didn't at others. But they were like, this is a team you can't just roll over on this. These guys are going to put up a fight, and I think the Stanford fans knew that, and they brought it in that game. Yeah, no, I mean, just the concept of getting to do that is is interesting and, and, and fun in the way that you can go to Missouri and then you stay here and cover them both times. And I'm sure, um, and again, you kind of avoided this question of, of kind of talking about what it was like to see your favorite team, your, your childhood favorite team lose twice. And so, you know, but I won't ask you too much about that. The issue, the issue there is that I, I'm used, so used to seeing Missouri lose. It's just, it's just water off my back at this point. I go into the game expecting them to lose. When they do lose, I'm like, all right, oh, yeah. I was right. Cool. <laughs> you, you, you get a little check mark off of like your, your pickups and stuff like that. Which does lead me to my next question. Bo, you got to experience Tech Stadium. John, you got to experience both Tennessee and Tech this year. Plus, hey, you can consider Missouri plus the other great places you went last year. How did these other stadiums kind of compare to Sanford? How did Bobby Dodd compare? How did um, good old Knoxville compare and, and Rocky Top? I'm I'm pretty familiar with the Tech Stadium just because I'm from Atlanta and I used to, as a kid, go to every Tech game that was played in Atlanta. And then also I had my high school graduation there. Um, <laughs> so it was cool. But it was cool getting to go back and be in the press box. It was honestly... The press box was kind of nice, man. It was a th- they, the food was probably better than the food they had in, in the Sanford press box. Um, just being completely honest, but I'll it was I'll never forget the one thing they didn't have was they didn't have heaters, and it was Ooh. late November and it was really cold out there. And J- John and I were just out there freezing, but Damn. it was cool. Like right before the game, uh, the Georgia game started, uh, the Alabama Auburn game was ending, so they had these huge TVs in there. 
um, and you know all the all the journalists in there were all watching that game together. And you know when that last play happened, it was it was pretty cool to see a whole room of like people who get paid to do this for a living just with you know their hands up in the air like I've never seen anything like this before because everybody in that room was probably rooting for Auburn to win so it, it was really funny getting to watch that happen in real time and just look at all the reactions yeah t- Tennessee's press box was high as hell it was up in the clouds man I, my ears were popping all game and I wouldn't and it was all boxed in like the windows were basically bulletproof so you couldn't hear a thing like I went to Neyland Stadium wanting to experience that atmosphere and I was I was basically drowned. All the sound was drowned out by the time it got to the press box. So that was kind of a bummer. But they had this unbiased journalist here. Their food was also better than Sanford. As for Bobby Dodd, <laughs> I really liked it like on the inside, but the no like the the warmers were in such specific positions so that cold. you had to stand under them, like oh right under gosh. them, to have any heat whatsoever. So maybe it would have been better in August, but. When you're in there in December and November and in that cold weather, it's not not great. Kind of continuing on with that, I know there were opportun- there were bowl opportunities, and John, you got to experience it this time last year. You know, when we were obviously we were not at the SEC championship, the three of us weren't. Bo and and, and John for you as well. Less of the Georgia fan perspective. Take that out from a journalistic, just being able to cover the team. Did it sting a little bit more that Georgia lost to Alabama in that game because you knew that? Ah oh, man, I'm not gonna get to cover playoff football. Yeah, absolutely. That was uh, that was honestly my first thought after Georgia lost was, man, you know they're not they're not going to the playoff now, and I'm um, I'm not gonna get to cover that to cover any of that. That did that did sting a little bit because I really was looking forward to that, and I really did think that Georgia was gonna beat Alabama, and when they didn't, and it actually had real world implications for me this time, that that. That was a rough feeling to, to have to feel. Yeah, uh, it definitely stung, but I didn't think at the time I, it wasn't like me being upset for myself. It was me more being upset for you guys because I covered playoff football and I was in those atmospheres and I knew like that's that was one of the best experiences of my life. I, I really wanted you guys to have that and I'm sure there'll be a time down the road when you're doing really cool things, but... It's not. It's nothing like covering the, the team. You're on my mater in those kind of scenarios. It's just like nothing else in this world. We'll kind of wrap this up here with a final two questions for the both of you. The first one is just an overall, you know, if you had to pick one moment um, from your coverage, whether it was something that you got to write, um, a, a media moment, you know, a player you got to talk to and stuff like that. You know, if you had one or two moments that really stood out to you over the season as, as some of your favorite what were they and why? And, Bo, we'll start with you. I think my favorite moment was probably after the Ball State game because um, I had no idea how anything worked. It was me and uh, me and Sam, who is another person who works for the Red and Black, for those of you listening. He, he had been to the game before me, so he kind of mm-hmm. knew what to do. I had no idea. So after the game, we you walk down to the basement of Sanford Stadium, and there are just players kind of just standing around that you can go up and talk to. Um, obviously, they're always going to mob the quarterback. They're going to mob whoever had a really good game. And then after that, you go into the this other room where Kirby Smart comes out. And um, not that I got to ask a question or anything with Kirby Smart, just because it's it's a madhouse in there, as both of y'all know. But, I mean, that was 
that was a real bucket list moment for me. Just like the just thinking like, man, like I'm in here sitting as a member of the media for a Kirby Smart like post game presser. Like that's something that I've you know dreamed of doing since I was a kid. Um, and it it was just it it was a really special moment for me. You know, I got I texted my dad and everything after that. I was like, I can't believe like I just did all that. So that that was a really special day for me, and I'll, I'll never forget it. Yeah, uh, for me, it was also, like, kind of my first game of the season, which was Kentucky. Uh, it was a big game. It was the lights. It was the crowd. But also, it was my first game back, and I'd taken, what, a, a year off from, like, a live football game coverage? I, yeah. I wasn't sure if I, it was going to be the same for me. It was. I was kind of nervous. I was thinking, what if, what, if I, what if I'm not that guy anymore? <laughs> and as soon as I sat down, oh, I was gosh. back in the saddle. I was in the zone, and I was like, oh, yeah. This this is my happy place. I love doing this, and it was just really, it really cemented for me that this is what I want to do with my life, and it was a really really warming feeling for me. Yeah, I mean, I I there's there's there are moments of like being able to produce the podcast that I did, and and having an opportunity to like not only talk to so many other sports ads from other student pubs, but then like when I met them at those games, like when I covered Florida or South Carolina and, and stuff like that, and and got to see them in person, like, that was really cool. Just getting to meet these people from all over the, the Southeast, like, was just a really cool moment. But, uh, like, I can't help but say, like, even though, like, how cool it was to be in Jacksonville and covering in an NFL stadium, like, UT Martin just being in the just being in the press box and just the air of football. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, think, I think if you know it, you know it, of just being able to just – have it all just kind of flowing in and you get into the grind and you have everything set up and you're like you got twitter on one screen you got your you got your story on another screen and then you got stat broadcast on another screen that you got to click over to whenever you got to write something down for your story all of that was just so much fun mm-hmm. and and then just being able to pivot right over and you know whether i'm writing or doing all of this plus editing highlighting all of tori's facts that she did for a story or something like that it was just, it was really fun. It, it's one of those things that you really, you really, it just kind of hammers in that this is what I want to do. Like, this is the dream. And to get to experience it, like, right now is such a cool thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'll wrap it up. One question for each of you. Uh, Bo, I'll start with you. And John, I'll end with you just because it's a little bit more of a finale type question. Bo, obviously, you've got another year, you had another opportunity to do this. You know, you're, you're pulling the John roll. Um, for this year, you're pulling the stew roll from two years ago. You're getting another opportunity to, to run back at this this time next year. What is kind of one of the things that you learned from this semester that you're taking into next sem- next semester, next football season? And overall, how excited are you to get back out there and get to do this again? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait. I, I went into this season having having no idea what to expect from football coverage and you know I, I had done basketball coverage before for the red and black but it was really really nothing like what football was like I think the biggest thing I learned is that and this is gonna sound like so corny and just ridiculous but I like you really can't get through those games as a member of the media and you know produce good work and ask good questions like you can't do any of that before you first like believe that you are good at it like I I think I got you know I think I was dealing with some some imposter syndrome at the start of the season like dude I'm just some random college kid who kind of got this role somehow like 
I don't know if I'm good enough to, you know, be doing it, uh, you know, be doing this at the same time as all these other actual professional journalists. And, you know, I'm, I'm still not. I'm not saying I'm as good as those guys. Yeah. Those guys have decades of experience on me. They have, you know, they've, they've done things and talked to people and written things that I never could even think about. But I, I think I learned that, like, one, once your boots are actually on the ground and, and you're out there doing it, like, the only way to survive is to just kind of fake it till you make it and, you know, act like you know what you're doing. And then eventually, somewhere along the way, you'll actually trick yourself into believing that you do know what you're doing, um, which is kind of what I did. So, you know, like my my attitude and just what was going on in my head from the Ball State game to the last game I covered in the Tech game, I felt like a completely different writer and a completely different journalist. Like my confidence just went up so much. So I think that's the one thing I've learned is like you really just don't get confident and stuff like that until you're just in the belly of the beast. Yeah. No, that that's perfectly well said. Um, John, you any thoughts on that? Everybody starts somewhere. Um, all those journalists who are so professional and know all all about what they're doing, they were the same nervous kid you were once upon a time. Yeah, I, I remember talking to guys like Palmer and Jed and Jordan, all guys, um, except for Palmer, he didn't come through the red and black, but uh, Connor Riley as well. All Three of those guys came through the red and black. All four of them came through UGA and, and the sports media program that we're all in, so it's cool to interact with them and for them to know what we're going through and stuff like that. And a lot of it is just faking it till you make it. And, um, eventually you get to a point where you're like, eh, Kirby's just a guy. <laughs> and you, and you just, yeah. you just got to talk to him, even though he will absolutely chew you out. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's link this to a close with my final question for you, John, John, you've done this for two years. I, I do want to ask, you know, how much, did and does this mean to you of having to go through this and being able to do this as a student and for two years and be a writer then an editor then a then the sports then the whole, the main editor what how much does this mean to you and and what was this experience like for you for being able to do this for two years how thankful were you for this before i was an editor or a writer or even a high schooler who got an admission to uga I was just a kid who loved sports and used sports to distract them from when things got bad. So forever, forever since I knew I had to work when I grew up, I knew I wanted to work around sports. And the Red and Black has given me the opportunity to do that, and I am eternally thankful for that. Well said. Um, I'm incredibly thankful for this place. Um, I'm incredibly thankful for you both, um, plus for, for Stu that came before us, for people like Martina who hired all of us. Super thankful for them and for the Red and Black as a whole for all of this because it was fun. And it was fun to being able to do it, especially from the editor perspective, with you guys. Also, shout out to Sam and Tori for making it a great semester. It's just great. It was great to do this, and it was great to be able to kind of fulfill dreams and, and ambitions of being able to cover football. So yeah, internally man. grateful for all of it. Guys, I, I think it's time to sign off. Uh, any final comments before we, we take out of here after a lovely podcast? Thank you, Claude Belton. Yeah, Claude's incredible. He's been instrumental in helping us out, and I'm sad to see you go. Mm-hmm. Best of luck on retirement, Claude. Yes. But with that... Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you so much for joining me, guys. Thank you for having us, Owen. Always happy to be here. Thanks for listening to Between the Headphones. I'm Owen Warden. You can find more episodes wherever you get your podcasts and at redandblack.com. 
For even more Georgia sports coverage, visit redandblack.com slash sports. We'll tee it up between the headphones again next week.